Kyle. How you doing, bro? Good. How are you, buddy? I'm chilling, man. Um, week nine just wrapped up in the NFL, and um, sure. I really, I'm telling you, every week I did not believe we'd make it to this point. I know. I, I know. I um, I'm surprised that we're still um, being able to watch sports, and uh, things haven't been mm-hmm. shut back down. Um, but this week was an exciting week. A lot of games that we predicted did not go in any way how I expected. Well, um, you know, those uh, primetime games were definitely polar opposites of what I thought. Yes, all the way. I, um, I, I, I have a lot to say about those games when we get to those. Also, we're bringing back, you know, player spotlight this week. Um, if you missed last week, we broke down uh, midseason awards like coaches, comeback player of the year, stuff like that. So you're definitely going to want to go back and check that out. But, I mean, Dill, why don't you just go ahead and break down everything we're going to be talking about and get us into our first segment. All right. Well, on today's episode, we will have a full breakdown of Week 9 of the league from the Bills' upset win over the potential Super Bowl-contending Seattle Seahawks, who have now lost two games in a row. The Ravens, they lost to the Colts. And we will be breaking down, obviously, the uh, disappointment. of Our weekly, it seems like, disappointment with the Lions game. Um, Thursday night, blowout. We had, uh, obviously, as I mentioned, polar opposites in the primetime games. We will break both of those down for you. We will have a preview of Week 10 in the league. There are some good matchups on tap. And then, as Al mentioned, player spotlight. Um, I know you said you've given up on your fantasy team, but uh, how did it do this week? My fantasy team actually got the dub this week. Oh, um, must, must be and, nice. Yeah, I'd I have to attribute it to one player coming back, and that's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Oh, for sure. Um. If I didn't have him, I would have lost this game. You got your thirty-five. Wow. Yeah, thirty-five. I would have. I would have literally lost this game, dude. If I, I did. If I did not have McCaffrey, I would have lost. I almost drafted Terry McLaurin. I should have. I I love McLaurin. That's my second favorite dude on my team. Uh, twenty-six. Um, Russell Wilson got me only twenty-one points. Mm-hmm. Stafford, the home on my bench, obviously got hurt, but eight points. Yeah. Um. Stafford got of concussed. Course, I put uh, Jimmy Graham on my bench. Yeah, and he, and he scored a touchdown. I was watching he the highlights of the Bears Titans game this morning. Yeah. I was a little behind my programming and stuff, not watching. I only watched yeah. half the highlights. Um, yesterday morning, I watched the other half this morning. Uh-huh. And I saw that Jimmy Graham scored the touchdown. And the first thing I thought about was you. Dude, I, was like, I, I wonder took if him Alex out. started Jimmy Graham this week. It's always the week I take him out. I see that, uh, you know. The other guy I was playing his team, he had, he had good guys. I mean, yeah. Aaron Rodgers got him 39. Uh, Keenan Allen got him 24. And Christian Kirk, 25. Yeah, but Keenan every- Allen wasn't even supposed to play. Yeah. He was uh, he was kind of questionable uh, with having a close contact with somebody with COVID. Yeah, with COVID. But he ended up balling out nine catches, 103 Dude, in a tutty. He but went I mean, off. Christian Kirk's another guy. I almost picked up on the waiver wire. And I thought, well, you know, he's just a deep threat. It yeah. was the week that uh, Hopkins was questionable. Yep. I believe it was that Monday nighter against Dallas. That was mm-hmm. the game where he balled out and he only had two catches. But yeah. Both of them touchdowns. Since week four, week four in Carolina, he had a three for 19 and a touchdown. He's gone five for 78, two for 86 and two touchdowns, five for 37 and two touchdowns, and five for 123 and a touchdown. His lowest point total since week four has been 11 points. Wow. After starting the year with one catch against San Francisco for nothing, two catches for 57 against Washington, and not playing against the Lions. Wow. <laughs> Imagine if he was in that Lions game, man. Oh, my gosh. We, we would have definitely lost that game. Which, yeah, we would You know, it's kind of a weird flex that, you know, the Lions have beaten the Arizona Cardinals, and the Arizona Cardinals could end up winning the NFC West. Yeah. I mean, 
They did lose, though, and I'm going to talk about it and play a spotlight to, uh, you know, my man Tua, who I was dogging on. Didn't Tua, think yep, he, yeah. I didn't think he was ready, but I mean. Both of know. my player spotlights, just a little teaser, are from that Bills Seahawks game. Yeah. Uh, one you may already game, one that you was... may already know of. I mean, you yeah. know, it's pretty simple to think about. I mean, pretty simple. He's on your fantasy team. Speaking but of your another another team, week, another week, another heartbreak. Yeah, I lose one hundred one to one hundred. Yep, Bro. I was I was down by one going into Sunday Night Football. I had Ronald Jones, and my opponent had Ryan Suckup, the kicker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, as you may not or may not know. Tampa Bay ran the ball five times on Sunday night for nine wow. yards. Wow. Ronald Jones had three carries for nine yards. He had one catch for nine yards. If I would have gotten a yard receiving more or another rushing yard or both, but if I would have had both, I would have won. It was another situation like I had in the Kansas City Baltimore game where I needed Mark Andrews and Ingram to get six and they got me five. Wow. Mark Ingram is no longer a part of the team anymore. I caught him. Well deserved cut, I think, he, but he I get not been well. Yeah, I am. Uh, that puts me to three and six on season easily. You know, easily could be five and four, but I do have a bright spot. I do get Nick Chubb back this week. Hopefully, hey. hopefully Nick Chubb comes off IR. He is scheduled. It looks like he, he took care. He uh, participated in a practice yesterday, so mm-hmm. we'll see. But yeah, another another heartbreaker. Uh, Josh Allen obviously balled out with. Hang on, let me go back to my matchup here. Balled out with 40. Whoa. Nobody more. Nobody else got more than 15 on my team. Dang. I only had two other guys in double digits, Marvin Jones and Robbie Anderson. But, I mean, J.K. Dobbins, five. Tyler Lockett, eight. Ronald Gosh. Jones, three. Mark Andrews, five. Hopkins only had six. That was Hopkins' worst game of the season. He had three catches for 30 yards, where previously he had four games with 100 yards. Wow. So, you know, that's that's just how it goes in fantasy football. I move on to three and six on the season. Al, I believe you are four and five. Does that make you correct? Yeah, I think so. I think four and five, yeah. But uh, enough about our fantasy teams. We know they suck. Yeah. Let's, let's break down what you maybe came to listen for. And this is our week nine preview. We will be breaking down first Thursday Night Football, the Green Bay Packers 34 and the San Francisco 49ers 17. Alex, your thoughts on this game? I mean, this would have been such a good game had the Niners been healthy. Um, because, I mean, if Jimmy G was in this game, if Kittle was in this game, if if any of the defensive people like Solomon... Yeah, Sherman, Tom, Solomon, Bosa, yeah. Quan Alexander got tra- traded the week before. Yeah, like, this would have been a good game. Like, looking at, like, the schedule when it was released, this was one of the games I was excited about. Looking down the line, because this is always a good game, Packers, 49ers. Mm-hmm. But this was like, dude... The 40, when I turned it on, the 49ers had a field goal and the Packers were up by so many points. I was like, what? I mean, I, 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 we kind of knew it would happen. I didn't think it would be mm-hmm. that bad. But And then, I mean, at the end, I think uh, McKinnon got a touchdown. Um, the, one, the one receiver made a nice move for the 49ers, got in the end zone. Yeah, Richie but. James, yeah. The 49ers definitely did some window dressing at the end of the game. I think with about eight minutes to go, it was 34-3. They, the Packers just kind of let them score two touchdowns, so it made it look – the score doesn't yeah. dictate the game, basically. For real. To say. It should be like – it really was 34-3. to three. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, when you look at the – I watched the Fox promo for this game. Like the, I saw a commercial for it like two, or, two nights or a night before the game 
when they say Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, just, you know, just take on the 49ers, that's how you knew it was going to be a bad game. Because yeah. usually it's, you know, Garoppolo and Kittle in the 49ers, or, you know, the vaunted yeah. defense led by Nick Bosa. It was just the 49ers because <laughs> the 49ers had so many guys injured or on the COVID list that they couldn't even really put a star player in the advertisement. For real. I mean, I saw something about a couple hours before the game Thursday, and I don't think I sent it to you. Ten players that had touched the ball in Super Bowl against the Chiefs were not on the field Whoa. Thursday night. Whoa. Due to either being on the COVID list, being injured, or being traded or in free agency leaving uh, in the offseason. Yeah. But, wow. I mean, it was just, like I said, it was a bloody massacre. I mean, Rodgers 305 and four touchdowns. Richie James, never heard of this guy, the receiver for the 49ers. Yeah. Eight catches, 184 yards, and a touchdown. It sounded like that's all Nick Mullins really had to throw the ball to. Yeah. As Mullins only had about 87 yards to other receivers besides Richie James. He had a touchdown and an interception. I mean, watching the Lions obviously play the way they are. The Bears are going down the toilet. And the Vikings, I don't think they have enough time to make up their deficit. You might as well just hand the NFC North right now to the Green Bay Packers and give them a home playoff game to start the playoffs. <laughs> I, I hate mean, to we're say in, it, but We're yeah. in week nine, but you can hand them to the division already. It's theirs. I, mean, I thought no. the Vikings would fight for it a little bit more. I thought the Lions would be in the hunt, but, you know. I thought it was going to be a good, like, race. Mm-hmm. But obviously not. And speaking Definitely of... didn't expect this NFC West as we're going to talk about one of those NFC West teams when we get to the Seahawks and Bills. I didn't expect that to be, you know, the division of the year so far. Yeah, for real. Um, speaking of, like, the Packers having the division, I mean, obviously I think I think we, we can call it. Packers are going to win this division. Mm-hmm. But the other teams, like we said, that we thought were going to have a chance, Vikings, Lions. Vikings mm, yeah. won 34, Lions 34 20. to 20. Um, Lions are garbage. I'm so disappointed I hate them. In this team. I'm so them. I'm so disappointed, bro. I hate them. We got destroyed. We got killed, bro. We got like, bruh, Stafford left injured. Marvin mm-hmm. Jones, though, was yeah. a highlight for me. Yeah, yeah, he only had three catches, but he did have that that spin move was pretty dirty yeah. though. I'm and not like lie. in that Bears game, I think it was, or one of the games when he trucked somebody. Yeah, like, that was the Bears game. It was week one. Yeah. Yeah, he had kind of fallen off since that game, and then last week he. He made a couple plays. And He's then been a week. touchdown machine. He just isn't getting, you know, the yeah. targets to make, you know, six, seven, eight reception games. For real. But, it's just um, sad. I mean, Dalvin Cook tore us apart. It was it was awful. Um, he, When he ripped through on that one run. Oh, that 70-yard like, no. run. I knew it was over then and there. I mean, look, yeah. did he get touched once on the way, 70 yards? That reminded yeah, me of that I, Aaron Jones run against bro, the Packers. For real. We gave them that. Mm-hmm. And freaking Amir Abdullah scored on us. He yeah, was letting, so trash oh, for us. They went down and scored. I had just gotten home, and Marvin Jones had just scored. And I thought, okay, yeah. you know, it's it was 13 to 10, I believe, at the time. I was like, okay, we got 50 seconds left. All we need is a stop or hold into a field goal. It's a one-possession game and a half. You know, we got that three and out to start the third quarter. I was like, okay, well, you know, we could piece together something and and maybe compete. We let Kirk Cousins march right down the field. And then just the nail in the coffin was Amir Abdullah scoring. Not Amir Abdullah scoring that touchdown. He walked into the end zone. He yeah. had four or five blockers in front of him. Nobody touched him until he got to the goal line. For real. I mean, Cousin or Cook had 206 and 22 carries for two touchdowns. Cousins had another three-touchdown game. He is finally starting to figure out his 
weapons. He threw the ball two touchdowns to Irv Smith, who I drafted in fantasy. I don't think he's on the waiver wire anymore. I should have held on to him for a little longer because he's finally starting to get into form a little bit. (laughs) As you mentioned, Stafford, I mean, he just struggled. You could tell that he didn't have the practice time this week. I mean, I think we would have been better off if Chase Daniel would have played the whole game. Probably. He started off pretty accurate. I believe he started off like 15 for 16 in the first half, but the second half just went down the toilet. I mean, I I gave up right when he threw that interception right to the linebacker. About midway through the third quarter, we were driving down two scores. I turned the TV off, and I said, I'm not going to watch any more of this game. Uh, DeAndre Swift really was the bright spot for the team. He had 64 yards on 13 carries. It's nice to see him get involved in the offense. But, I mean, the Lions moved to 3-5 and on the season, and I have a bold prediction for next week against the Washington football team that I will going to do a little tease, and uh, you'll get to hear my predictions when we get to the Week 10 preview. Let's move on to one of the games in the night or games of the day. The Buffalo Bills 44 and the Seattle Seahawks 34. It lived up to the hype. Uh, you told me via text today, I got this one right, and I am so proud of this. Josh Allen bounced back with a career game. Yeah. 415 yards Insane. and three touchdowns. He looked like September Josh Allen again, and it was about time he finally stepped up when the Bills needed him as they take control of the AFC East. Russell Wilson had a good game, but just he made those crucial mistakes down the stretch that they were starting to come back in the fourth quarter as they were down, I believe, 17 or 20. But Wilson forced the ball in that third and 24, and Tredavious White almost took it back to the end zone, and that was about it. DK Mm -hmm. Metcalf had seven catches, 108 yards and a score. Diggs, after, I mean, he's really been complaining about not getting enough targets. You obviously saw what he did in that um, game against the Chiefs, where yeah, he pretty walked. much just walked back to the side or to the line of scrimmage so dumb. as they were marching down the field. He had nine catches for 118 yards, and I really think if Seattle had five more minutes, they may have won this game. They were on but, the right track. But like as you said, know, uh, football is only 60 minutes, not 65. So yeah, as, like you said, I mean, Russell just made those interceptions, those mistakes that just. That was the difference maker. And, I mean, it was just Josh Allen didn't make mistakes. Russell made just a few, and that's what separated this game. Um, this game was exciting, though. Uh, watching the highlights, every every play was like a big play. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Dallas scored for um, Seattle, yeah, yeah. and that was a nice play up, design. Almost another pickup in fantasy. Yeah. I would have gone with DJ Dallas probably versus J.K. Dobbins. I probably would have won. But, you know, that's probably. fantasy football. You just you make one mistake and it costs you the matchup. <laughs> For real. <Like> real football. <laughs> I swear. But um, DJ Dallas, that play that he ran in, that was a good design. It was. was it watching was. it on the camera. Like, I, I couldn't fully tell what was happening until it, like, happened. So, I mean, that, that, that was a really good play, I'd say. But uh, other than that, Josh Allen went crazy, and that's what separated them and got them to win. Uh. Breaking if Josh down, Allen, I want to ask you a quick question. Yeah, if Josh Allen has three or four games like that. Or let, let, let's not even say three or four. Let's say two or three. Yeah. And Wilson starts to degrade a little bit. Do you see Josh Allen maybe somehow jumping over Russell Wilson for MVP? Or do you think Russell Wilson still has this MVP? I think what has happened is Russell Wilson is the unanimous favorite. Where it's like Josh Allen and Russell Wilson. This game would have had to happen like week two or three for Josh mm-hmm. Allen to be in the conversation because it's like at this point, Russell, yeah, he made a few mistakes and lost this game. But but I the mean, interceptioners are starting to rack up for Wilson. I believe that's eight or nine on the season. I think so. But I think that um, 
just in terms of the public's opinion, I think this one will end up going to Russ mm-hmm. because it's it's already been made up. And I, yeah, the interceptions. He's thrown yeah. five of his last eight in the last two weeks. He's got twenty eight touchdowns and eight picks. Yeah, I think that I just feel like he still had three ninety and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So not ignoring the interceptions, but I mean. Jameis Winston last year, obviously he didn't win MVP, but 30 and 30. Russ mm-hmm. was nowhere near that. Jameis Winston. What a guy, man. If Got to see a glimpse fire, of him on Sunday night. Oh, my gosh. That, <laughs> that, that's the next game we're speaking of. Saints, 38, Bucks, 3. That was um, horrible unless you were a Saints fan is all Bucks I'm going to say. Bucks, 3. Bucks, 3. I didn't think the Bucks three. were going to score in that game for the longest time. No, Could you imagine if Tom Brady got shut out at home? I guess Drew Brees on Sunday night. Dog. That's it's just insane, man. Bucks three. Yeah. This was supposed to be like game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. We you labeled it as game of the year last week, but yeah. uh you know, Brees, he was pretty accurate. He wasn't really slinging the ball that much on Sunday night. He had 222 yards and four touchdown passes, though. Brady only had 209, but he threw three interceptions, and some of them were just, you know. Not Tom Brady-like interceptions. I mean, that one that got tipped at the line, he forced a ball down the field at one point. Obviously, Ronald Jones only had three carries and nine yards. Antonio Brown did get involved a little bit, though. He had three catches for 31 yards. Taysom Hill had a big impact for the Saints. Um, I mean, really not any big games for skill players from the Saints. All hands on deck in that game as they moved closer. I believe they are now actually in the one seed, in the driver's seat in the NFC. Yeah, I um, man, I, there was so much I I I expected from this game. Uh-huh. A B's return and 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 I mean it was three for thirty one, so that's not too bad honestly because that's that's ten yards a catch, a reception. That's a first down every reception basically. But man, Brady three interceptions, Ronald Jones only nine yards and only three carries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Breeze had a game, but even four touchdowns, he only had 222 yards. Like, if we think about that, he had 222, Brady had 209. He had four touchdowns. So, really, Breeze didn't have that outstanding of a game. I he think was just really, more accurate. Yeah, you know, I the think football. the Saints defense is just what got this. And their defense isn't even that good. So, I really don't know what went wrong for the Bucks, man. Just a few know, mistakes, like that tipped one at the line and some forced passes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the I mean is bald. and AB could have had a bigger game. I believe Brady took a deep shot in like the first quarter. That could have been like a 50 yard gain. Yeah. But it was a little bit underthrown. It was, it wasn't the best weather game. It looked like there was some rain in the area yeah. and that may have not helped Brady, but you would think Brady would have the advantage over breeze being in the yeah. elements in Foxborough for, you know, whatever it was 18 years. And yeah. breeze has been a predominantly dome quarterback for his whole career. Insane. I um I I definitely did not see this game going this mm-hmm. way, and another game I didn't see going the way. No, it did def- was... definitely did not see this game being <laughs> anywhere near as close as it was. Pass thirty, point, Jets twenty-seven. There was a point that I thought the New York Jets were gonna win this game. For real, I did too. I mean, they were up ten with like eleven minutes to go, and I I had watched the first half. Flacco took that deep shot to the end zone. I called that. I said they should have ran that same play and went deep, and they did. Yeah. And then to see – I saw – and I turned it off for a little bit, and I turned it back in the fourth quarter, and I saw the Jets were still winning, and I thought – I watched the rest of the game, and I thought, there's no way the Jets are going to win this game. 
they will find a way to lose. They want Trevor Lawrence so bad, they will find a way to lose. And they really, they did. The defense crumbled. Yeah, Cam Newton, he had a decent game. He went for 275 passing, didn't throw for a touchdown, but he did have two rush touchdowns. Player of the game, in my eyes, was Jacoby Myers. He had 12 grabs for 169 yards, as that receiver room has been quite depleted in Foxborough this year. Flacco had a good first start back, um, replacing Sam Darnold, who has an injured shoulder. He had 262 yards and three touchdowns. He did throw a crucial interception, though, I thought, late in the game. He threw up a 50-50 ball in the double coverage with about eight minutes to go in a one-score game that if the Jets really could have kept marching down the field, I think they would have won. Uh, you know, the Pats just survive, and they keep in the AFC wildcard hunt thanks to a game-winning 51-yard field goal by former Jets kicker Nick Folk. Nick Folk, man, he used to play for the Jets. Yep, yeah. Went into their own running. stadium and for their rivals sunk them closer to 0-16. <laughs> I, I really think, think... it's funny that it was Nick Folk. When I heard that Nick Folk was kicking the game winner, I'm like, no way. It's just it's crazy the way it's been this year. I mean, so many so many crazy storylines, and then for that, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but watching the Jets play, if they decide to maybe if Darnold can't go for a couple weeks, or if they just decide to bench Darnold for for Flacco, yeah, I think the Jets could win a game or two. Uh, Flacco played really well, and Jets fans don't want to hear that because they want Trevor Lawrence, and I wouldn't blame them for wanting Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Jets need to tank, man. Jets need to. <laughs> you need uh, to put in Darnold in there. Yeah, this oh, was definitely. too close for comfort for the Pats, man. They looked that's embarrassing, man. <laughs> but I mean, that's, the Patriots really haven't looked good all year, though. Yeah, they did in that Seattle game, though. Other than the Seattle game, but I mean, they had all their weapons in that Seattle game. Just ever since the Seattle game, it's just gone downhill. Wasn't that um, the game before Cam got COVID? Yeah. And then and obviously then Cam, hasn't, Cam hasn't been the same since he not got back. Oh, not in any way. I don't know what's wrong with him. Um, but moving on to our Week 10 preview, I mean, first game we have to talk about Colts at Titans. It's going to be a pretty good one. It's definitely going to be better than uh, Packers and 49ers. <laughs> for sure. Hopefully both teams can uh, stay COVID-free for another two days so we yeah. can get, you know, fully fully stacked rosters of guys like Jonathan Taylor, Phillip Rivers, Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and I could go on and on. For real. But, I mean, this AFC bat- South battle on t- Thursday Night Football should be a really good game. Both teams um, – not both teams fresh off a win. The Titans are going to be a fresh off of a win versus the Bears. And the Colts lost a tough one to the Ravens. I see the Titans winning this game 23-20. to The Colts – I just don't see them legit enough to hang around with the big dogs in the AFC South. Yeah. Tannehill is going to go for 250 and a score. Derrick Henry gets back into form with 85 and a score. Rivers – He's accurate with the ball. I just see him making a couple mistakes, just like Wilson did in the Seattle and Buffalo game this week. Jonathan Taylor gets held in check again by that vaunted Titans defense, and the Titans move to 7-2 and two with a 23-20 victory. Titans are going to take this undoubtedly. Colts are not going to stand a chance. Sucks to say it, but, um, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is going to get held in check, like you said. Not, not, he's not going to do anything. Defenses have, figured, defenses have figured out him, I yeah. think. I think so. Naeem Hines, is he healthy? I don't know. I, I, I don't like Naeem Hines anymore. I think I think After he did three cartwheels in our end zone last yeah. week. <laughs> I think he could have a, a another game. Um, but not against this Titans team, man. No. This Titans team's gonna hold them. The defense played really well. Um, and we, we mentioned about... some of the trades that had happened yeah. last week. Desmond King 
had a really good game for the Titans. Yeah, last and week. he's actually going to be in my player spotlight uh, later today. So I'll save my thoughts on him. But you're right. I mean, the Titans' defense is 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 what's holding him together. But that's not to say Tannehill has been balling out this year. Oh, he has. And uh, I think that this game he's gonna he's gonna be the difference maker. Henry's gonna have a good game as always, and uh, Tannehill's gonna really really show why he can take charge in this um in this division. Mm-hmm. Um, next one is uh mm, all right nah. when, I saw, when I saw this in the notes, this just made me laugh. For, nah. for, for you guys, it says football team at Lions. <laughs> nah, the Washington football team. <laughs> just seeing football team at Lions is just just made my day. I mean, Washington football team. Alex Smith had a really good game, in my opinion. He really had a good game. We don't really want to talk about that Kyle Allen injury. I didn't see it, but I heard it was bad. I I don't know. I heard it was Dak Prescott-esque. Oh, no. And I saw Dak Prescott's live, and that was not a pretty sight to see. But, I mean, I really don't even care what happens in this game. The Lions win, the Lions lose. They'll, They'll probably win. Knowing the Lions, you know, everybody doubts them saying they're a garbage team and then they go out and, you know, it's like a cycle, you know, they'll go out and beat a mediocre team and then the media, the local media will hype them up and then they have a decently bigger sized opponent the next week and then they get embarrassed and then we say, oh, fire Patricia, fire Quinn, you know, trade Stafford and then, you know, it's just a cycle. Yeah. Alex Smith is going to have a good game, 275, three touchdowns. I don't see Stafford clearing concussion protocol, even though he did on Sunday. I see Chase Daniel getting the start. That's not going to help the Lions cost. He throws three picks. Uh, maybe we start tanking for a top 10 pick, and we're going to lose to the Washington football team 34-17. to 17. Hey, we're going to lose this. Alex Smith is going to have the best game of this year. Alex Smith balling out, man, just like 2016 Alex Smith all yeah. over again. He's, he's going um, to have a game to remember for uh, – and I mean – Maybe Antonio this- Gibson will have 100 yards. Probably McLaurin will have 100 yards. For sure. yeah, it's just going to be a disaster. Lions are going to definitely lose this game, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Lions will get murdered. Um, next game though is a is a game that probably I would say out of all the ones on this list, the one I'm most. This is going to be the game out of the game of the week. That's why I yeah. picked it. I mean, Sunday night football doesn't look that good. Monday night football even looks worse. I think. I think yeah. it's another repeat of last week. Yeah. The Bills and the Cardinals. Alex, what are your excited. thoughts on this game? Uh, I'm super excited to see Murray versus Allen. That's going to be, I mean, bro, two of the best young quarterbacks. Um, the thing is, I think Cardinals are going to take this, but that's only because I don't think the Bills are going to be the team that's hot enough to remain hot. It's like they're super hot for one week, and then they're mad the next week. Not even mad, mm-hmm. but they, they're, they're sufficient the next week. And I think what's going to happen is after that crazy win in Seattle, I think they're just going to come in, have an okay game, I think Diggs isn't is gonna do something. I don't know what it is. I could, I just predict Stephon Diggs. Something's gonna happen with him. Something will. It's a good receivers matchup. I yeah. mean Diggs versus Hopkins. I mean that's two of the top five receivers easily in the league. For I sure. Mean. For sure. Um, Murray's gonna be uh, scrambling. Christian Kirk's gonna have a really good game again. Um, it's and- too bad to see. I mean I'm all for guys getting a shot in the league. It's just too bad that Christian Kirk picked this time to ball out now because it's kind of like the spotlight's gone off of Larry Fitzgerald a little bit. Yeah. I feel like he's not getting the balls enough, enough, and he should get the ball as much as a guy like Christian Kirk because he's just an all-out legend. He never drops the ball. Yeah, he won't go down and get that 70-yard touchdown like Hopkins or Kirk will, yeah. 
But I mean, he's just a legend, and For I just sure. feel bad. And I hope this isn't his last season. I, I really hope it's not. I I love Fitz, and I hope he goes out with a really good season. Um, the the thing is, I mean, I I think it's gonna be close, but I just like I said, can't see the Bills being back to back insane on fire games. I think Cardinals will edge them out this one. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be one of the better games in the Sunday window. I mean, you just look at the quarterback matchup: Josh Allen, Kyler Murray two of the, you know, bright stars in the league. We'll be talking about these guys maybe in 10 years down the road as the new Breeze and Brady. I mean, it's going to be a dandy to watch. I see this game going to Arizona. Buffalo is going to be way too high off of that big win versus Seattle last week. Kyler's going to have 350 total and three touchdowns watching him carve up that Dolphins defense. Last week, he will easily get to 350 yards. Hopkins is going to get back onto a hot form with 120 and a touchdown. Josh Allen, 350 and three touchdowns, but he does throw a late interception to seal it for the Cardinals, 35-31. All right, moving on to our next game here. We have Ravens Ugh. at Pats. Um, this would have been a good game like four years ago, maybe. Yeah, for sure. This would have been a really good game. Uh, but uh, I think this just Ugh. gives me the vibes of, you know, back when Brady would always end up meeting the Ravens in the playoffs and Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and and that's how it was. So every this year. matchup, I thought of a couple guys. I thought of Joe Flacco. I thought of Ray Lewis. I thought of Terrell Suggs. I thought of Ed Reed. I thought of even Tory Smith. <laughs> Tory Smith, Jacoby Jones. All of those guys. This brings back a lot of memories just hearing these two. And yeah. um, Wes Welker. <laughs> Wes, <laughs> what a guy, man. Um, but uh, I'm gonna say this game's gonna go to. The Ravens, just because the Patriots just don't have it this year, man. Mm-mm. And um, I, it's sad to say because I really like Cam Newton. He hasn't been the same since he got COVID. We all can tell. And um, I wish him all the best, though. And I hope that um, he 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 does bounce back before the season ends and proves why he still has, you know, time left um, to play in the NFL. Um. The difference makers, I think, are just going to be – I think J.K. Dobbins is going to have a really good game, I could see. And uh, Lamar Jackson is going to do his thing on uh offensive side of the ball. Lamar Jackson could potentially have his best game of the year, I'd say. I'm predicting it just because of um, the, the window that it's falling in as Sunday Night Football. Um, I think Lamar Jackson could easily have his best game and we could hear, we could hear about it or some good play. Uh, not to say he hasn't been playing well, just that um, I haven't been hearing about him as much as I did last year. Um, moving on to your thoughts, and then we'll get into the last game. Um, I mean, this is not going to be a good game. I mean, Lamar Jackson going against Cam Newton. The Ravens are going to take this one very easily. I'm going to say 35-7. to seven. Cam Newton will get benched in this game. He throws four interceptions. Jared Stidham's going to be playing in the second half. That's how bad Cam Newton will be playing start off his game against his great Ravens defense. Lamar Jackson has 275 yards total with a rush and a pass TD. I see Dobbins going for about 75 or 80 yards as Mark Ingram will be out again. The Ravens do get a defensive touchdown to put the icing on the cake and take this easy victory. Roof. Moving on to the final game here. You know, we have a Vikings bears Monday night football and man, (laughs) two teams going in the opposite directions. Yeah, I mean, Chicago is, you know, everybody has found out how bad they really are after that lucky three and one start. 
And then Minnesota's finally starting their, to find their form after a slow start winning, what is it now, three in a row, I believe? Yeah. I, uh, um, Vikings are going to take this just because of the hot streak. And that's, that's really my main thoughts about it is, like you said, the Bears were kind of realizing, you know, like we, we were saying when they were 5-1. and one. They are not a 5-1 and one team. They were not. So uh, Vikings have proved me wrong. I thought maybe they were going to have a bad season. But last couple games – they're going to end uh, middle of the pack, probably like 7, 9, 8, and 8, maybe 9 and 7 even. But um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I see this one going to the Vikings, man. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it's going to be a pretty easy win for him, 31 to 14. Cousins goes for another three-touchdown game with 250. Uh, Foles is going to have two interceptions with about 210. I see Justin Jefferson catching two of Kirk Cousins' three touchdowns. And the Vikes are really going to try to make some noise maybe to get that seven seed as they get closer and closer at four and five with a 31-14 win. Um, did you hear about Big Ben before we go on to player spotlight? No, I did he not. Got, uh, he was put on the restrict COVID-19 list. Apparently, uh, tight end Vance McDonald had tested positive and uh, they apparently are close locker, you know, buddies. Dang. So Big Ben has is in the same boat that Matthew Stafford was last week. Yeah, and he has to test uh, negatively cons- or cons- consecutively, I think, about five times uh, before Sunday Dang. to be able to play against the Bengals. So I mean, I'm not saying every day. I'm not saying Mason Rudolph can't beat the Bengals, but this could maybe put the undefeated record in jeopardy a little bit. It could. I, I see because Joe Burrow's been balling out and, all uh, the way, dude. You know, against Mason, I'd feel a little uncomfortable as a Steeler fan watching Mason Rudolph duel Joe Burrow yeah, versus especially Big with his brain damage. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> heck, see, uh, the Steelers almost lost at Dallas last week. I mean, <laughs> that was embarrassing. I thought that was going to be a murder. I did too. I was like, wait, huh? Why? But the clock management by the Steelers really they deserve to lose that game they could have kicked the field goal and made it an eight-point game and then they run a draw play on fourth and one for, from the 15 for real I bruh and then Garrett Gilbert comes like 20 yards away from winning the game against the Pittsburgh oh, Steelers in his first NFL start you know you know what's messed up when Eric Ebron has to score your winning touchdown yep. though yeah yeah he caught that ball and he hurtled that guy I was like Dang, I didn't know Eric Ebron could do that. I didn't know he could even score. I didn't even know he could catch. I didn't know he could catch a football in an end zone. <laughs> I guess he can, though. <laughs> he proved us wrong. He proved us Lions fans wrong for sure. Um, <laughs> I just have a thing that he, he just hated Stafford. He just hated the city. He, just, you know. he, he did not want to be here, man. He didn't want to be here. He, the first chance he got, he left, man. But um, moving on to our last segment of the day, you know, we just want to thank you for listening before we get into this. Um. It's player spotlight. It's a segment we started a while back, even before the season, uh, to just highlight players we um we liked. Maybe they surprised us, impressed us. Maybe um we 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 were dogging on them and they really proved us wrong, or maybe maybe they proved us right. As in the case with your offensive player of the week, you you called this game for him and uh, you, you manifested it and spoke it spoken into existence for him, Bill. So why don't you just go ahead and break down your offensive player of the week, man? I mean, Josh Allen is my player of the week. He uh, obviously went against the Seattle Seahawks, got a big win to bolster their confidence a little bit and maybe to get up into that top three seeds where they can get a couple home playoff games up in there and uh, probably going to be snowy Buffalo in January. He went for 415 yards on 31 of 38 passing, four total touchdowns with three pass, three rush, or with one rush, pardon me. 
I want to start off with that rushing touchdown. That pretty much sealed the deal midway through the fourth quarter. It made it 44 to 27, I believe, at the time. The designed quarterback run, you got to give the offensive coordinator for Buffalo credit on that. That was just an amazing play call. I believe it was on a second or third and goal. He just, they snapped the ball and he ran right and he had four blockers. And just the wherewithal for Josh Allen to shed a tackle and to get to that corner pylon was just a great thing to see. Dude, when he, he runs also, with the ball, he's the be- one of the best I've ever seen do it. Oh, definitely. For, for his frame. Yeah. I mean, guys that big should not be running 40, 50 yards. For real. Okay, it's, we, we take it for granted when we see guys like Lamar Jackson run the ball like that or Michael Vick for or real. Tua or going back in the day watching Michael Vick play at the end of his career. But to see Josh Allen do that is just unbelievable. And the arm talent that he has, people knock on him because his arm maybe be a little too strong. Obviously, yeah. last year he had the problem of overthrowing guys. So many And people. he really could only hit one guy in particular, John Brown. Yeah. Because John Brown is so fast. For real. But for him to, you know, not have much time to work with Stefan Diggs, obviously they picked him up before free agency. There wasn't really a... OTA mini camp period over in the spring where he could, you know, gel with his guys. Yeah. And they only had training camp, but the way that he has gelled with Stefan Diggs is really impressing me. I mean, obviously Diggs had nine catches for what was it about 118 yards? Yeah, something like that. And just yeah, finding even on these third and goal plays where, you know, the t- the defense is no you're going to run the ball and for him to, you know, sell the play action and go find his tight ends in the back of the end zone. Most guys would, you know, see the, the rush coming and he, they just throw it away. Allen is a tough guy. He steps up in the pocket. He makes a big throw. And I think Buffalo can end the season with 11 wins. They're going to win this division. And I see Buffalo making some noise. I'm not saying Super Bowl. I'm saying they could fight with Kansas City, though, in an AFC championship game, though. All the way. Led by Josh Allen. They, I mean, if they could beat the Seattle Seahawks. They have a chance. They have a chance against the Chiefs. I'm not saying they would win, but they they definitely are. Hey, nobody thought Tennessee. Nobody thought Tennessee could do what they did last year. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. Hey, I I definitely agree. The Bills highly underrated. I I feel. Um, and it's being up in Buffalo. I mean, they don't get enough national media attention. For real, they're stuck up there, basically not in the middle of nowhere. But Buffalo is almost like Canada. I mean, we don't talk about Buffalo that much. <laughs> We never talk. Yeah, and they've they haven't been good. They haven't been good in thirty years. I mean, they made those like three Super Bowls in a row where they missed like three field goals to win, and that's about that's literally been the history of the Buffalo Bills. (laughs) Everybody remembers them for making three straight Super Bowls and losing all three of them. Dude, they had a good team then too. Yeah, but yeah, to lose those three was definitely the um, definitely like what what it's embarrassing to them. Um, my guy. Go to your off. Uh, you got a. You got the number five overall pick. I did. I had to because I second second start for Dude, uh, I, Tua Tugavailoa. I dogged first on start, him too much, bro. Yeah, first start went okay. He had, he had what about a ninety five passing yards, yeah. twelve for eighteen, I think it was. But his first road start was against a you know a very underrated Cardinals defense. Yeah, a really good Cardinals defense. Um, I'd say that, dude. Uh, what 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 made me know that he had to be the player spotlight was the play that he kind of like shifted around in the pocket and 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 mm-hmm. and escaped. He made that, like, yeah, he made that fifteen yard run. Yeah, that was that's what was. I was like, okay, he put the team on his back on that play because if that mm-hmm. play doesn't happen, 
they don't win this game. He doesn't then go down and throw that touchdown pass in the, in the corner um, like he did to uh, the tight end, Gaiseki. Um, and if that – We got to talk about Gaiseki. That guy's uh, – Gaiseki is under. That guy's something different, man. And uh, to win 34-31, the close one, I mean, this Cardinals team is no joke, man. They beat mm-hmm. Seattle. And, and, and I just felt like I had to give two of the players spotlight because just how much I was dogging on him how much I like Fitzpatrick and was like, they should just continue to run with him. But now this, this game has me excited to see Burrow to a week 13. I believe it is. Um, that won't be a contest. I don't think. <laughs> I think that'll be a fun game. I just think that'll be a fun, fun game. I know Burrow. Oh, it definitely, definitely will Burrow be a fun obviously game. Going to win it in my opinion. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, to uh, see Burrow's got the weapons. But Tua can make Tua almost reminds me a little bit of Brady. He can make anybody look good. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, Have you watched any tape on his brother? No. No, his brother is a uh, freshman or a sophomore quarterback at the University of Maryland. He transferred from him. They both went to the same school. They uh, Saban recruited them at or uh, Tawalua Tugavailoa, who was Tua's yeah. brother yeah. at Alabama. And then when Tua left, Tawalua didn't like you know the system, and he was like the third string quarterback. Yeah. So he transferred over to Maryland who isn't really a football-savvy kind of a school. Yeah. And in his last two starts, he beat Minnesota, which Minnesota was like the dark horse of the Big Ten last year. Yeah. And then went to Penn State. And Penn State's, you know, I mean, they're struggling this year, but Penn State's a pretty good ball club. And this guy is just, he's he's a right-hander too. And he, he's got a cannon for an arm. I'm definitely You got to look up some of his game. highlights. It's It's insane. I mean... I uh one one guy we do have to mention real um and I think this is kind of funny um it was on NFL's Instagram Nelson Aguilar kind of balled out and uh, we always yeah talk yeah about he was him. on my bench yeah we uh we always talk about him dropping it but this is the NFL post but he made a nice catch in the back of the Dude, end zone I thought yes though. but look at look at how ham the NFL Instagram it goes Derek Carr dropping it into Nelson Aguilar oh, oh no <laughs> that's what they said on the play where he caught it Derek Carr dropping it into Nelson Aguilar I just think that's so funny while we're on the subject of that game I I just don't know how the Chargers just keep getting snake bitten like this man yeah I feel so bad for Justin Herbert he is balling out every time he, he goes he's out on so that good field. he's such a good and they player. they invent other they just invent ungodly ways to lose football games. Swear. last week it was blowing that lead against Denver this week it's two touchdown passes getting dropped in the back of the end zone Swear. in eight seconds it's insane Oh my gosh! I just, <laughs> even go back to the New Orleans game on Monday night. I mean, he had a twenty-one to seven lead at the half, and they lost in overtime because his guys can't catch football. Real, it's like not even his fault. But um, those Chargers unis looked so good. Oh, those dark blues! I saw they were wearing those. They looked so, so good, dude. Those were awesome, I hated man. The Pairing so those with the Raiders whites, I, I actually like the Raiders. I hate whites. them, bro. <laughs> I wish they didn't wear them, and I wish the Chargers would wear these unis more, though, because I really am a fan. Yeah. But I, I think you're right how they contrast off that. I just hate how the uniform's white, the pants are silver. I yeah. hate that. Yeah, and then the silver helmet. If they had a white helmet with those, yeah, those would look really cool. It would look a lot cooler than the way – it's just – it's not the jersey itself. It's, like, the pairing. Uh-huh. But – um. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, Dale, why don't you go ahead and start off with your defensive player of the week? All right. He is from the same game 
as Josh Allen, but on the opposite side. He was trying to intercept balls from Josh Allen or sack Josh Allen. His name is Jamal Adams. It was his first game back from injury. He had that shoulder issue, I believe, that sparked up in was it week two against the Dallas Cowboys yeah. where he had to come out about halfway through the game. Yep. It was a great first game back for him. I mean, this, you could definitely tell the Seahawks had missed him too. For sure. That defense, it's definitely not that 2019 defense. Obviously, Jadavion Clowney. I mean, we could go on all day about how they need Jadavion Clowney. They need and then how it would make it would make this defense different. But obviously, Jadavion Clowney now is uh, scaring and terrifying AFC South quarterbacks instead yeah. of NFC West quarterbacks. Jamal Adams had five tackles, four solos, uh, one and a half sacks, and three QB hits. I really couldn't find any tape on him, so I was just gonna you know dive in a little bit on his career. He is out of LSU. He was a top 10 draft pick by the New York Jets. He had a pretty good year, a couple years for the New York Jets. And he finally said that, you know, he just had enough of the New York Jets. And as everybody has with the New York Jets. For I mean, real. You look who they've let walk out the door in the last couple of years. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> they've let Jamal Adams walk out the door. Uh, is CJ Mosley still on the Jets? I don't even know, bro. I don't I know. I mean. And then, obviously, they're going to lose Sam Darnold this year. Yeah. It's pretty easy to figure that out. But in Jamal Adams' three years in New York, he had 80 tackles, 112 tackles, and 74 tackles. He had six and a half sacks last year for a safety. Dang. That's crazy. And he's already got three and a half this year. Yeah. and He's, he's not really the interception kind of a guy. He's only had two interceptions over his career. One of them, though, was last year, and he took it back to the end zone. In um, 46 games, though, he has forced five, pardon me, no, six fumbles and taken one of those back. So he had two defensive touchdowns last year. Yeah. So basically, he had two defensive touchdowns. He had 74 tackles and six and a half sacks and f- seven pass defenses. Wow. And they basically let him go for Bradley McDougal. And did they get a first round pick for him? Um, I want to say they did. So basically, Bradley McDougal Doodle, and a first-round draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> so the Seahawks kind of stole, like, the best top three safety in the league. Yeah. I hope Jamal Adams stays healthy this year, and I hope he can lead the Seattle Seahawks to a potential Super Bowl title. And that is why he is my player spotlight this week. Al, He uh, definitely deserves it, man. He, he's been... He was balling out before he got hurt. It's good to see him come back and get one and a half sacks. Um, Let's go on to your defensive uh, player of the week here. He was mentioned earlier as he was traded from the L.A. Chargers to the Tennessee Titans last week. I believe only for a sixth-round draft pick as well. Yeah, something so low. And he already already came in and made an impact, and that's why I put him mm -hmm. in. It's Desmond King, man. Uh, Fourth, I believe it's his fourth year out of Iowa. He was in that stacked safety room in L.A. with guys like Derwin James and Michael Davis, the Jack boys, as we had talked about them in previous weeks. But now he is a part of that Tennessee Titans secondary with uh, Kenny Vaccaro and Malcolm Butler. And we had had gotten to see him on Hard Knocks, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's where we heard about him. And then when when he got traded, it's like, oh, man, you know, I I heard of that guy from that show. So then I was like, okay. But, um, man, he came in and made the difference. He got the touchdown. He had two solo tackles. Uh, which were his only tackles, but the fumble recovery was a 63-yard return. Um, I mean, that's really all he did in this game. Like I said, mm-hmm. two tackles, nothing, nothing else really. Um, 
there I don't think there was any like past deflections or anything. Obviously he's new to the team, but um just just already coming in and making the impact literally like the first week or what so that you're there is 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 what was crucial for me because that that proves he's a good player and that no matter what he can play. He didn't have time he didn't need time to gel. He didn't need time to learn the stuff. He's in there, he's going to the ball, he's making the play and and he's 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 there. Um already. So um Desmond King deserves this one. Um I did feel bad when he got traded. I was like, "Dang, I don't know why they did that, but um power to him." And and now he's on a contender. Like not to say the Chargers are like a bad team because I honestly think the Chargers are the opposite of the Bears. Like it's mm-hmm. like the same in the fact that their record doesn't reflect the team. The Chargers are a better team than their record. And um I I I'd say now that um Desmond King's on the Titans though, man. Good good for him because now what? They're going to be probably 7 and 2 after this week. Um oh, definitely. So Good to see it, man. Good to see him uh, balling out on uh, on the new team, and he looked good in the Titans unis too. He he, mm-hmm. he really did. Yeah, um, those Titans uniforms are very underrated. So good, they're so good. Um, but I mean, that's really going to conclude that segment. And uh, I I mean, I think we can go ahead and even go ahead and conclude this episode, Dill. If you want to go ahead and lead us out, man. All right. That was it for episode number 29, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Whether you are a few episodes behind or you listen, you know, a first hour or two that is out, we really do appreciate that. Al, what we got uh, going on next week? I mean, as always, we've, we've been kind of sticking to the same format where we'll um, review what we talked about. See, like Dylan la- called Josh Allen having a big game balling out. Um, we reviewed the games we talked about prediction-wise. Um, and then we go ahead and predict the next week, and then uh, we'll have player spotlight again. Um, we're probably going to be looking at uh, a couple other segments we're going to add on, and uh, we're going to we're going to probably think of some ideas as we get closer mm-hmm. to the playoffs. We're going to start we get looking... some new names into player spotlight for sure as well. Um, and we're we're going to be looking into um, the playoff picture as it as it comes up within these next weeks because it's we're getting closer and closer to having a more definitive and defined mm-hmm. picture. Um, we're probably going to be breaking down that kind of stuff, who we think is going to have like the buys and who, mm-hmm. who, who we see getting those wild cards. We'll probably end up breaking down who we feels in the hunt. We, we, we might go ahead and look at lists of Al. I think your Cleveland Browns are still in the hunt. Uh, Baker Mayfield's garbage. Five and three, man. Bruh, Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield's trash. He's got Texans this week. No. He's got Chubb back. He's got Chubb back this week. Here they come. Odell Beckham better. If Odell Beckham uh, gets pooped on, and maybe he can oh. heal up and <laughs> Odell's out for the year. So yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. he can heal up if he gets pooped on. Though I heard that's like his favorite. It's like his special power. It'll it'll keep him. I don't know why the Browns didn't try to do anything at the deadline and try Ooh. to get another receiver. If they think they're really in the hunt, why didn't they go yes. for you know somebody at least? Why didn't they trade? I'm sure. Odell? I'm sure the Patriots would have traded Adelman or something. I'm you know? sure. I'm positive, bro. But Odell, man, if he can get some poop and rub it on him, his injury, I I think he oh could my be. Gosh. He... That's disgusting, <laughs> dude. I can't believe that, man. Um, I, I was on TikTok, man. You know, I hate TikTok, but uh, I was scrolling through and it was like this girl was rating NFL players that she's met. 
And it, oh. it comes to Odell Beckham and she goes, no, no, no. Before you ask, he did not ask me to poop on him. Oh <laughs> it was the funniest thing I've seen. That's just not right. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, there's a couple teams in the hunt that maybe maybe we'll take a list of maybe NFL experts combining lists that are teams in the hunt. And we'll, we'll decide, are this is this yeah. team really in the hunt? Is this team legit or not? Yeah. Legit. I think we could we could do a segment. Uh, the Detroit Lions, not legit. Not legit. I think basically, uh, within the next couple of weeks, we'll, what do you think about the Rams? Do you think they're legit? I think that's what we'll end up breaking down within the next couple of weeks. I uh, I think I'd have to think about it, watch some film on them, but uh, uh, I think they are. I mean, I've been a big fan of Jared I think Goff. Goff I think Goff legit. Cal. I think Goff and Cooper. Carson. I just don't think they have a legit defense. Really. I think Aaron that's Donald is their defense. And they play Seattle this week, so I almost snuck that game in. But I figured Bills and Cardinals would All be a little way. bit more. Bills and Cardinals is way better. But um, that's where we're gonna wrap it up, and uh, we just thank you again for listening, and uh, we'll go ahead and see you guys uh next week.